Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Welcome to FCC. We are so glad you're here for week number three of our series, The ABCs of Discipleship. And in this series, we are outlining the steps that are essential to spiritual growth as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, these steps are so helpful for new believers who are just getting started on their spiritual journey, and they are helpful for longtime believers who might be spiritually stuck or or might be wondering whatever happened to that passion for God they once had. If you are our guest today, I want to thank you so much for being here. Of course, we hope to see you again next weekend. If you are here every week, God bless you too. For those of you who are joining us online, welcome. And if you're listening on Way FM, we want to welcome you as well. Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47 says this. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. God, we pray that you bless our time together today. Speak to us, move in us, challenge us, inspire us to do your will and grow in our faith as fully devoted followers of Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Now, before we dig into step number three in the ABCs of discipleship, let's just reiterate each Step Step number one is accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Step number two is being fully connected with other believers. Step number three is contributing sacrificially to church and community. Step number four is daily time with God. And step number five is enthusiastically sharing your faith. These are the ABCs of discipleship. They all come from Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. And and let's be honest, that's, that's not hard to remember. Am I right? It's as easy as ABC. That's right. Not hard to remember. Let me tell you what is hard. Growing up on a farm. Now, that is hard. And maybe you're like, what could be so hard about having, having cute little chickens and rabbits? And plus, if you got horses, you get to ride horses. That sounds like so much fun. What's so hard about that? Well, what's hard is you never, ever stop working. And when you grow up on a farm, going to school is a break. 
If you have a job outside of the farm, going to work is a break. I mean, you don't come home from work, you come home to work. And I know what I'm talking about because I grew up on a farm. And the work was so hard, when I went off to college, I vowed I would never, ever go back to live on another farm. And 25 years later, I'm sticking with that vow. You know, when I was a boy, most of my friends envied the fact that we had cattle and goats and chickens and pigs and horses and rabbits, and they always wanted to come over and play. Now, I always wanted to go to their houses for obvious reasons, but they wanted to come to mine. Well, at first, they wanted to come to mine until they'd been there three or four times and realized my parents saw my friends coming over as free labor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You wanted to come over to our house for the weekend, you quickly found out you had to do a couple of hours of work in the morning if you wanted to play in the afternoon. And truth be told, most of my friends didn't mind the work, even though it was hard work. Certainly different than what they were used to, and so they were, they were often happy to help, and I was always happy to have them help. But my very best friend, my best friend throughout, all throughout elementary school, and he was still a good friend in middle school and junior high, and he, he loved hanging out with me, but he hated doing the chores that went with hanging out with me. I mean, he absolutely hated the farm chores, And one weekend, he stayed over, and we got up early. It was a Saturday morning. It must have been springtime because my dad had our little farmall tractor hooked to our single-axle trailer, and my dad instructed us. He said, you guys, I need you to go across the creek, and I want you to clear the limbs and the sticks and the brush and whatever else had collected throughout the winter on about 20 acres of one of our pastures. And it was a big job that would take our entire Saturday morning. And so we quickly got to work. We were picking stuff up. We were throwing it into the trailer. But about after about an hour, my friend sat down on the wheel well of the trailer while I kept working. And I, and I kind of watched him out of the side of my eye for a few minutes while I was still working. And I began to get frustrated. I mean, we still had a long way to go. And, and I wasn't thrilled about him sitting while I was sweating. And so I said, "Uh, hey, buddy, you think we could work together? And this will go a lot faster. And he looked at me, and he didn't look happy, and he said, and I will never forget these words, he said, I've done my share. What? We've cleared maybe five acres. We've got a long way to go. I've done my share. You've You've done your share. What does that even mean? It means I've done my share. This is not my job anyway. You do the rest. He said, what are you going to do for the next couple of hours? I don't know. I'll watch you, I guess. Now, how many of you have ever had a friend or a family member do something like that with you before? (laughs) Maybe your, your kids were doing a chore or they were helping you with something around the house and you look around and they ghosted you? Or maybe you had a coworker who was helping you with some initiative at work, but you had to do all the work because they weren't really working with you. Perhaps you're, you're a student and you've done a shared class project. I always hated shared class projects because the students with the initiative always did the work. 
but you were working with two or three other people, but some of them did nothing, but all of you shared the credit. Or maybe, well, let's just be honest, maybe, maybe you were the one who did the ghosting. Have you ever been the one who laid down on the job? Ever been the one who said, that's not my, that's not my job? I've already done my share. Been in ministry for 25 years. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that happen in a church context. How people will serve and they'll be involved and they'll always be helping out while they have their kids at home and then the kids go off to college and the parents disappear from serving. Or, or sometimes some churchgoers, they, they hit retirement and they start traveling all the time and they stop serving and they say, well, we retired from that. We already did that. We're, we're in a new season in life. Or maybe we really actually authentically do need a season of rest, of sabbatical, but then we don't ever go back to serving like Jesus. And sometimes we can forget the heart of Jesus in Mark 10, 45, the heart of Jesus to serve, not to be served. Sometimes we just get in the habit of just going to church and we forget the heart of the church Galatians 5.13, to serve one another in love. Well, today, the challenge is to be a contributor, not a consumer. We wanna challenge you to get off of the sidelines of your spiritual journey and go all in with Jesus Christ and his church. Or maybe for you, the challenge is to get back into the game. If you wanna connect with the heart of Christ, then you have to connect with the mission of Christ. Not to be served, but to serve. Not a consumer, but a contributor. And that brings us to our big idea for today. If you want to grow as a disciple of Jesus, then you have to move from consumer to contributor. If you want to grow spiritually, you want to grow into a fully devoted follower of Jesus, then you have to move from consumer to contributor. If you're not a contributor, what happens is you will wear out. You will flame out. You will lose that passion that once characterized your spiritual journey. Consumers get bored. Contributors don't. So well, why is that? Well, because if you're a contributor, you're invested. And where you are invested, there your heart will be. Your heart is tied up in the things you invest yourself in. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, when I didn't have any money invested in the stock market, I didn't care much at all what was happening in the stock market. Once I started investing, guess what happened? All of a sudden, I started caring. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you wonder why you don't love your church more. It's not likely because the music doesn't suit you or the preaching doesn't fit you. It's likely because you're not fully invested. You're not a true stakeholder. 
You're not a contributor. You know, there's a lot of people who go to church here and, and some people probably don't like our music, but they love our church because they're invested in our church. You know, there, there are probably some people who don't like my preaching. Now, I don't get it, but whatever. <laughs> but they love our church because they're invested in our church. You know, there are probably some parents who, prob- who, who don't like that long walk from the, the, uh, the children's ministry area, the elementary area to our auditorium, but they come week after week after week. You know why? Because they, they love our church, because they are invested in our church. I gotta tell you up front, our goal is not to get you to like everything we do. That would make you consumers Our goal is to connect all people with Jesus and each other through the mission and the ministry of our church. That is something great churches do. They don't get everybody to like what they're doing. Great churches connect people to Jesus and to each other. And to be a great church, we have to have great contributors. And we check out the book of Acts chapter two, the very first Christian church was a great church for a number of reasons but in no small part due to the fact they had great contributors. Acts chapter two, verse 44 says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Now, I love this verse. All the believers were, it says they were together. And we talked about this last week. We learned that togetherness means three things. It means you have fellow believers you're positioned with, you run with, and you share with. Acts 2.44 says all the believers were together and had everything in common. They had everything in common. They, they shared everything. Now, this doesn't mean there was no ownership. This doesn't mean some collective owned everything. This is not some ancient Christian form of communism. This was a statement about their generosity. And we're not just talking about generosity of money, but also generosity of stuff. Acts 2.45 says they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Clearly, they had stuff. They had property. They had possessions. And and there's nothing wrong with that. But whenever someone had a need, they did whatever it took to meet that need. Acts 2.46 says every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. So they got together like this. But it also says they, they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You see, they, they didn't just give their treasure, but they also gave of their time, time in their homes, time in their families. Their homes were open up to others, and, and they gave their talents, their ability to make food and be hospitable and share a meal together. Time, talent, treasure, those things are worth writing down. The three things necessary to being a Christ-like contributor. And every churchgoer at every church should aspire to be a contributor of time, talent, and treasure, just like Jesus, just like the early church. Well, let's take a, a closer look at each of the three things Christ followers should aspire to, to contribute to church and community. And if you're taking notes, here's the first thing you should write down. We need to contribute our time. A sacrificial contribution of time is necessary to our spiritual growth. If you think about time, time might be one of our most valuable commodities. In fact, it might just be our 
most valuable commodity. Can I really be honest with you today? I mean, not that I'm not normally, but <laughs> money's not my problem. It's just me personally. Money's not my problem. Time? Time is my problem. My wife, Janice, and I, we've been following biblical teachings on money for years and years, and we have no unsecured debt. We have no credit card debt, no school loan. We live on a budget. We don't buy things we cannot afford. We have an emergency fund. Money is not our problem. For some of you, money is your problem. It's not us. But time, time is our problem. We both work full-time jobs right now. We've got four kids in school. One of them is in college. They play sports. I could go on. By the way, I am not complaining. We are incredibly blessed. We love our life, but we have a hard time with time. Said he's saying time to serve. And I'm not just talking about what we're paid to do, but to, to voluntarily serve can be exceedingly difficult. But God doesn't let us off the hook because we're busy with other things. God wants us to invest our time into both church and community. One of my good friends planted one of the fastest growing churches in the United States. He started 242 Community Church in a Detroit suburb. It's about 20 years ago. Today they run 10,000 people at multiple campuses. Thriving church. And part of the reason they are thriving is because their people are contributors, not consumers. In fact, they have a, a membership requirement, and their membership requirement is called 4321. Now, that's easy to remember. 4321. To be a member of 242 Community Church, you have to commit to four worship services a month, three small group sessions a month, two volunteer hours in church every month, and one hour of community service outside of the church every month. And if you add that up, that is 10 hours every month. They require for membership 10 hours of their members. And they have this deeply rooted culture of contribution. As such, they are growing spiritually and they are radically reshaping their community. And they are reaching thousands of people for Christ. Why? Because they're all in. They sacrificially contribute their time. What else? Number two, we need to contribute our talent. Our talents. If God has given you a talent, then God expects you to use it. One of the main points of the parable of the talents is if you don't use it, you lose it. You know the parable of the talents? Story Jesus told in Matthew chapter 25. In the parable, there's this wealthy man. He's the master of an estate. He's going on a long journey, but first thing he does, he gathers together his three most trusted servants, and he gives, them, he, gives, he gives one of them five talents. Now, a talent was a bag of gold. Some of your newer translations translate that as bag of gold. He gives one of them five talents. He gives the second guy two talents. He gives the third one one talent. And again, a, a talent was a bag of gold. It was actually a weighing system, and a talent was actually the heaviest bag of gold possible. And so he gives one guy five, he gives the next guy two, he gives the last guy one, and he wants them to take care of his assets while he goes on this long journey. And then after he returns from the long journey, he calls them back to account for his assets. 
And this would be like you going to a financial advisor and saying, here's $100,000, invest it for me over the next five years, do what you can to grow it. And, and then after five years, you, you ask him, how's my investment going? Well, in the parable of the talents, the guy who was given five talents invested it, he earned five more, and then he gave his master 10 talents as a return on his investment. And the master rewarded him. And the guy who was given two talents invested it, and he earned two more. He gave the master four talents as a return on his investment, and the master rewarded him two. But the guy who was given one talent, he buried the bag of gold underground until the master came back. And then when the master came back and he gave him his money back, there was no return on investment. And if you know the story, you know the master fired him. And Jesus told this parable to illustrate that God gives us gifts and talents and God expects us to invest those gifts and talents in his stuff to give him a return on his investment. God wants you to use your talents to build his church and our community. And when you use your talents to build his church and our community, then he promises that he will bless you and build you spiritually. And maybe your talent is playing an instrument. Maybe it's singing. Maybe it's baking and making coffee. Maybe it's working with kids. If that's you, then you need to use your talents to contribute to his church and our community. Maybe you don't think you're all that talented. Well, I bet you have a spiritual gift like hospitality or loyalty or compassion. You need to use your talent to build his church and our community. Do not be like my friend growing up on the farm, crossing your arms and saying, I've done my share. And then the final thing we need to contribute sacrificially is our treasure. Remember the words of Jesus, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you want your heart to be with God, then your treasure needs to be with God as well. You hear at First Christian Church, we believe in tithing. Tithing is giving 10% of what we earn to our church. I do it, our staff does it, our board of elders do it. And if we're gonna be a healthy church, we need as many of you as possible to do it as well. You know, generosity is a major factor in your spiritual growth, in your discipleship. It helps you grow spiritually. If you're saying, well, how does, how does generosity help you grow spiritually? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Generosity of treasure forces you to trust God with your money. Forces you to be more frugal more careful with your money. Forces you to plan better with your money. Forces you to make sacrifices with your money, forces you to obey God with your money. When you do those things, you grow spiritually. And do we need your generosity in order for us to be a healthy church? The answer is yes, absolutely. And also, we are so thankful for those of you who give. If you're a regular contributor to FCC, we just wanna say thank you. Now, is that why we're talking about it now? No, not at all. In fact, I can stand on stage and from what I have been hearing and learning as I become part of this church is, and we should celebrate this, we have had one of the best years we have ever had at FCC financially because of your generosity. Isn't that cool? That's incredible. So 
say, well, why are we talking about this now? Well, we're talking about it because we know from personal experience and from scripture that generosity is fundamental to discipleship. And the generosity of treasure is just as important as generosity of time and talent. Because when you give of your time and when you give of your talent and your treasure to your church and your community, what happens is you are walking in the footsteps of Jesus. You become more like Jesus. And that's what discipleship is all about. Discipleship and being part of a church and all the things we do as Christ followers is all about becoming more like Jesus. Well, this week is all about gratitude. You excited about this week? It's Thanksgiving. This week is all about the five F's of Thanksgiving. How many of you know what the five F's of Thanksgiving are? Nobody? Really? Faith? Family? Friends? Food? And football? That's what Thanksgiving's all about, right? Faith, family, friends, food, and football. I said that this morning, a little child over in this section says, no. It's not what it's all about. I'm thankful for those things. But Thanksgiving is all about gratitude. It's all about being thankful to God. But this is really cool. As scientists have found, have discovered that Thanksgiving is actually really good for our health. And despite all the extra eating and all the sitting around and watching football, Thanksgiving is actually great for our physical and mental health, especially persistent Thanksgiving in our lives. In fact, they say that that giving thanks rewires our brains and makes us more altruistic. Giving thanks actually causes us to be more generous. Researchers have discovered that there is a neural connection in our brains between gratitude and generosity that is scientifically traceable. On on a more practical level, again, that means people who are more thankful are more generous than those who are not. You say, well, I wanna live a more thankful, more grace-filled life, then you can start that journey by choosing generosity. And you've had so many opportunities the past few weeks at SEC to practice gratitude, to practice generosity from our our 500 turkey boxes for under-resourced families to our our pie auction. There's actually a silent pie auction. It's for charity. It's happening throughout the morning. This morning, you can see that as you leave. We got our Christmas tree up to provide gifts for our missionaries, to being able to fund our ministries throughout the year, to being able to support local charities, support missionaries around the world. Think of all that we are able to do because of your generosity. All that God is doing because of your generosity. And I just wanna say today, we are so thankful for you. Let me share with you one more practical way that you can grow as a contributor to our church and our community today. And this is a super practical takeaway for today. Are you ready? I want you to come back to church 2 p.m. this afternoon and help us to pack our turkey boxes. We're gonna have this long assembly line of people of all ages. We're gonna be putting these turkeys and all the fixings in the boxes. We're gonna be sending them out to under-resourced families throughout our community this week. And so I just wanna ask you, I wanna invite you to join us this afternoon at 2 p.m. 
as in a very practical way, we engage in the C of the ABCs of discipleship, contributing our time, our talent, and our treasure to our church and our community. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the love that you have shown us by creating us and sustaining us and saving us. You have given us everything we need to live and move in you. Help us to understand and appreciate and ultimately to embrace the importance of being contributors rather than consumers. God, may we thrive as individuals, as families, as a church. May we thrive as we give our time and our talent and our treasure to our church community and to the community around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.